0: And welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show.
1: Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus. We will seek to uncover it all.
0: So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith.
1: Welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby, or She-Cup, and I'm here with my co-host for this show, and we're both super, super excited to talk about some Assassin's Creed today.
0: Yeah, and so I am Austin, or Teacup, and we are back with our more Templars versus Assassins or Assassins versus Templar part two. So covering some of the smaller ones that we didn't cover the first time. And so... We're here to talk about the Ancient assassin Wars, which is what I'm talking about then, which are all the f- big things that happen before the founding of the Hidden Ones. And so we I'm going to preface this, that this might be a little shorter of an episode on our thing because we just don't know a lot about this, but I think it's important to cover and we'll have some kind of discussion questions about them as we do that. But that is what we're doing today.
1: I'm just going to say this right now because every time you say, oh, this episode might be short, but I have discussion questions at the end. It's like one of our longest episodes. So don't believe a word he says.
0: Okay. Okay. You know what? I really think (laughs) that this time. Okay. Well, we'll see. So the first thing that we have to talk about, and this is really going to take us way, way back in history, is the Isu human war. So we're going to talk about the Isu Human War. So as we know, and as we talked about in our history and founding of the assassins, the assassins view Eve as their ancestor, as like the first person to really bring about this assassin ideology of fighting for free will against an oppressor. So sometime before the Great catastrophe which is also called the toba catastrophe eve basically ignites this rebellion now eve is an isu hybrid and basically her father has an affair with a human and births this child and then hides her and the other isu are like what the hell are you doing what are you like this is not gonna end up okay like you have mixed too much dna and all this stuff and they're really really concerned about that And so her father is also the one who headed Project Anthropos, which is the one that, like, created humanity. So this is a big deal. And so the reason that they are so iffy about this and they start, like, hunting down Isu hybrids, or as we'll talk about later, sometimes called the tainted ones, it's because they are resistant to pieces of Eden, especially apples of Eden. And so they don't have the neurotransmitters that they put in humans that make them subservient. So Eve steals an apple and ignites this whole rebellion on there. And she wakes another hybrid, Adam, and they escape Eden, which is like a research facility. So later, Eve kind of gathers the humans and is chosen as the official leader of humanity's rebellion against their creators. There's an Isu artifact called the Prophecy Disc, which details her election as these leaders. Basically, all of this is lost and buried, and the Isu war, kind of, come Isu human war kind of comes to an end because of the Great catastrophe. There's not really a winner because the Great Catastrophe wipes out all, almost all the Isu and almost all of humanity. But A kind of successor here and where this kind of plays in is Adam and Eve's apple would later pass to their son Abel, who does survive the Great Catastrophe. Abel would in turn be killed by his jealous brother Cain, who took the apple for himself. And Cain would later be regarded as the first follower of the Templar philosophy. And the mark of Cain becomes the Templar's insignia. And then to follow that, the Templars sometimes refer to themselves as the children of Cain.
1: I guess I'm just confused because like, I I just don't understand why they're glorifying Cain of Cain and Abel when normally they are like glorifying the Isu. Like, I guess I just don't understand why they're not solely Isu focused if that's really their goal.
0: Well, remember that the Templars are the Templars in their original philosophy are not isu obsessed because Alfred is basically like no, you all are wrong.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Um I just I just I don't know how to feel. It's so interesting to me that you know, in in the biblical narrative a lot of people like to interpret, oh, Adam is the best. Like Adam is the one who makes the decisions. That's why, you know, men should be dominant over women. Like that's the line of logic. So it's interesting to me that they've chosen to flip that narrative on its head and make Eve the dominant one and make Eve the leader of this um, human rebellion and make her the one that's like, no, like we're going to do things this way. Um, And it's almost so much as like, Adam is almost completely written out of the story. Like he's extraneous. He's only there to provide children for Eve so that they can then do all this stuff with the apple. And maybe I don't know all of the information yet, but I just think that's funny.
0: I think that it comes to the point of like, I very much view in this thing, like Adam and Eve in there as the same way as to quote, bring from Dragon Age as uh, Andraste and Mafferath and kind of how that like Eve is so much more important just like Andraste is so much more important but Adam like still plays a role in this but it's very interesting to me because in Assassin's Creed lore the Templars and Order of Ancients have heavy heavy influence on the Christian church Mm -hmm. and when we talk about the Christian church and like who the heroes are, Adam is the hero or not even Adam, isn't even a hero. Like he still is like the sin of Adam is what kills everyone. And Eve is like even worse to that point. But Cain is the one who is demonized in the story, at least in our world, but the Templars control this narrative really in this kind of world. And so I guess it's to like throw people off and remain hidden to be like, oh, well, we don't glorify Cain because we don't want people to know the truth.
1: But I guess my question for that would be is, do we know in the Assassin's Creed universe if Cain even is demonized? Like we obviously know that in our world he is, but maybe it's completely alternate in um, the Assassin's Creed universe where he's not demonized in the church.
0: I don't know. It's possible. But like the Templar cross is supposedly the mark of Cain.
1: I find that interesting for a lot of reasons, because number one, the cross insignia comes from the crucifixion of Jesus. Yes. So why is I don't understand how it would be a mark of Cain thousands of years before Jesus's time.
0: I think Ubisoft normally does a really good job of having like religious experts on their team of really coming into this. But I think this is just a moment where they really didn't think through the lore that they're establishing.
1: Yeah, that might be true. Um, And I think it's also like, you know, for better or worse, Christianity is the dominant religion in our world. It's the largest religion, has the biggest number of followers. And I think that there's a tendency for people to assume, oh well, we we know everything. We don't need a Christian consultant. We need a Jewish consultant. We need Islam consultants. We don't need a Christian one because we know everything.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Not
1: saying that's not saying that's what Ubisoft did for sure, but um, I could see that potentially happening, just because people tend to do that.
0: Well, I I remember our world religions professor saying that the Christianity test was the one that people did the worst on because they didn't think they needed mm-hmm. to study for it.
1: Right. And like, yeah, it's just not true. Like, there's a lot of things that you don't know until you actually study it. Um, but I do have another question before we move on. And that's about the number of hybrids. Like, do we know in the Isu... Um, in their ruling time do we know any information about how many isu human hybrids there were because it seems to be very um risky for them to have hybrids but we know there's there's several at least we know of three bloodlines really potentially
0: three bloodlines and they might even be the same bloodline but we know adam and eve's bloodline we know of pythagoras's bloodline and leonidas's bloodline pythagoras and leonidas's bloodlines become one at one point and so there's this theme in assassin's creed like this descendant and this bloodline is very very important which is ubisoft's reasoning for some decisions they made regarding cassandra's story um and that's important. And like the Isu hybrid and having Isu DNA makes sense, but it, it's really convoluted for me of like, how many are there? Cause are, are we counting sages as Isu hybrids? And so that makes it complicated. So we don't really know, but I know of like three major like bloodlines that come from Isu hybrids.
1: Well, um, that's helpful. That is a helpful answer. I guess my opinion then will stay that they're very risky for the Isu and um, I do think the human Isu hybrids play a major role in their downfall.
0: They do. Absolutely. Um, And we see that even from the Templar standpoint of like these people with high concentrations of Isu DNA causing huge problems for the Templars. Um, And we'll learn about as you play the Assassin's Creed Odyssey and you play the Legacy of the First Blade, you'll learn that the Order of Ancients fears these people a lot. Interesting. All right. So these are kind of like the ancient wars that happen, that are surrounded, that have assassin-y influence on them, but like our actual like historical conflicts that happen. And so like Adam and Eve, other people descended from the first civilization, dedicated their lives to protecting the freedom of mankind. Their responsibility was passed down through Bloodlines through the generations. King Leonidas of Sparta, who fought to keep Greece free from the control of the Persian king and order of ancient allies, Xerxes the first and Xerxes supporters, the cult of Cosmos at the Battle of Thermopylae in 480 BCE. So after Leonidas' defeat at Thermopylae, which ends up not being a defeat because the rest of Greece comes to his aid and drives off the Persians, this is all before. The Peloponnesian War. Um, They basically retreat back to Persia where Xerxes I, you know, kind of reconsolidates his power and rebuilds the Order of Ancients and continue to be under the Order of Influence. Well, a group of assassins, or not assassins, but proto-assassins led by Darius and others... Fought the assassination of King Xerxes. Uh, and Darius is the f- first ever person to utilize the hidden blade. And you can learn his story and all of that in the Legacy of the First Blade DLC and Assassin's Creed Odyssey.
1: Do we know, do we know what year that happens in?
0: Sometime after 480, at be- but before the Peloponnesian War.
1: Okay. Just curious. Um I also think it's super funny that like all of these things are super associated with the biblical narrative, because like we've talked about Adam and Eve. We've talked about Cain and Abel, but also King Xerxes, the first he's in the book of Esther.
0: That's a very historical book for the Jewish Bible. Um, Yeah. And so it's interesting that he's named there in getting there. But like he is this order of ancients person and he's killed by Darius. And then his son, Artaxerxes he rises up a little bit and Darius gets this idea that he's going to be just as manipulated, but then he comes back and he fails in his assassination attempt. And you can actually meet Artaxerxes in Assassin's Creed Odyssey by doing the quest where you go around and you have to find all of the landmarks. You have to sync all the viewpoints on the big landmarks and find all of that, but you meet Artaxerxes in that storyline. Prince of Persia? Yeah, the Prince of Persia.
1: Yeah, I'm I've been doing that.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um and if you haven't done it, there's a lot of lore and a lot of like history, like if you're an ancient Greek history nerd, there's a lot of like big reference in there. It's really worth doing.
1: So the the blind Persian guy is basically the son of Xerxes the the first. Is that what you're saying? Correct arc xerxes okay intrigue
0: sorry spoiler but i
1: mean that's a minor no play. that's fine it's a side quest not not a big deal at all yeah
0: so as we know like there are two persian invasions of greece and they're the peloponnesian war is kind of sandwiched in between them and so after this like the persians kind of retreat and this is where kind of like the Cult of Cosmos starts to really try to gain its control over the Greek world. And as we know here, they're brought down by the Eagle Bear, either Cassandra or Alexios, whatever your canon is, and their brotherhood. So like Cassandra and Alex slash Alexios do build up allies and brotherhoods and take down the Cult of Cosmos but i'm not going to go too detailed in that because you can play the game odyssey and detail with that but that's dealt all around the peloponnesian war and again this is another war that doesn't really just end it ends because another threat happens like the peloponnesian war ends because the persians invade again and so athens and greek or athens and sparta are basically like okay like we got to deal with the persians now and then as we know the persians fall to the the persians fall to alexander the great eventually and we'll talk about alexander the great in a little bit but now is a good time for our mid-break unless you have some thoughts before we go in there
1: not yet let's head to the mid-break shoot shoot the flying demon you weak fool get a job christina who's there me
0: Oh, it's you. I should have known.
1: May I come in? Fine, but only for a minute. A minute is all I need. Indeed. Well, Wait, uh, that came out wrong. <laughs> all right, so first things first is... Um, Thank you so much to everybody who has supported us on Patreon. We're super thankful for all of you. You guys help keep the show going and help support us financially. Um, You know, this is not our full-time job, but we do treat it as a job because we want to, we want to do a good job for you guys um, and bring you all the best lore and updates and information about the world of Assassin's Creed. So the Patreon is the best place to support us. And so thank you to everybody who does support us over there and you too can join the, Patreon. And at certain levels, you can get your name read out every week, come on the show for a topic of your choosing and so much more. And then um, the next thing I have to say is that if you can't support us financially, we do completely understand that. But the next best way to support us is to leave us a rating or a review or a comment with five stars and some kind words. So um, we we have reviews and comments on Spotify now. And so we've been reading some of the ones we've gotten. We do have a little bit of a backlog. So sorry that um, some people, you may be waiting a while to hear your comment being read, but it will be read out eventually. And so today I have a comment from Andrew R., who commented on one of our recent episodes and said this. After a long hiatus from my favorite game series, Teacup and Cup have given me the push I needed to get back into the games. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Andrew R. We are super thankful that you took the time out to um, give us that review and comment. And welcome back to Assassin's Creed. It's a great place to be. Um, And then lastly, you should join our Discord server. We have a lot of fun. We talk about all the new things happening in the world of Assassin's Creed with the new Mirage trailer that came out and just everything that's happening. So if you don't want to miss anything new about the upcoming Assassin's Creed Mirage game, you need to get in that Discord server. Um, But the last thing that we're going to talk about today is my playthrough of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And um, I'm unwell. This game has made me unwell, I just have to say. I've done a lot of things in the game. I'm at, like, level 35, and I just had a very sad event happen, and I'm not over it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, I was... There are several points of when I get you into fandoms where I'm like, okay, this might be the point where she like says she's done. And the one you experienced <laughs> was one of those where I'm like, oh, she might be done. There are only really two things that I've ever felt that about, and that was inheritance and this and Assassin's Creed.
1: That's fair. Um I I did have to quit playing for a while after Phoebe died, but I just like, I want to know the rest of the story. Um, I I genuinely feel like, and I think this is the first time I've ever felt like this in an Assassin's Creed game. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to emotionally handle playing this game ever again.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's a big one. And, you know, they really do kind of hold in Ubisoft really like goes hard on the emotional content and like, having tragedy happen to children
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it just the tiktok sound where they're they're like emotional damage that's just been my whole playthrough (laughs) recently um
0: you lost your leopard and then and then that event happened too
1: yes like right in the same time like i had befriended an animal it was a leopard and he was with me for so long like I got attached to him and I was reading online that a lot of people have trouble like if they fast travel somewhere with their animal friend like not going with them but I have not ever had that happen to me yet um he just maybe shows up a little bit later after I've fast traveled, but yeah, I had this leopard with me from like level 25 to level 30 or 31 or something. And so he was with me for a long time and died in a fight. Um, And then immediately after that, I started the quest with Phoebe and I just, I was not able to get over it. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, I'm glad you're still playing. Uh, It's a good playthrough. I think that you'll be happy with, certain things and it'll be interesting some choices that you make down the line
1: great that's frightening are you saying that i've made bad choices in my playthrough so far
0: i'm not making any comment on your choices i'm not at liberty to discuss the so yes i have choices. apparently i'm not um, at okay well
1: to well you've confirmed it for me you're, you're saying i've played the game wrong <laughs> No comment from the peanut gallery.
0: No, I just reminded of the time when you first played Skyrim and after you made your character and the opening sequence happens and they take you to the uh, chopping block. Mm -hmm. uh, I just remember telling you, you're like, oh, my God, I think what's happening. What's happening? I was like, you made the wrong choices. They're going to kill you.
1: (laughs) I was like, I just started the game. That can't be possible. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so let's get back into Assassin's Creed. All right.
0: Malaka! Malaka! Malaka!
1: Unless the legend is a lie, you are the man I long to meet. Renowned master and mentor. It's your auditory, the la-la-la. Prego. Uh, forgive me. I have a hard time remembering that... Italian gibberish. I'll see you all at the selection ceremony, ladies. I especially hope you show up. Let me guess. He's rich.
0: So, sometime later, about 100 or 150 years or so later in the 4th century BCE, an ancient order that served as another precursor to the Brotherhood operated against the Order of Ancients um, in three 23 BCE, Elante, who is a proto assassin, basically halts the advance of Alexander the Great, who was an ally of the ancients, kind of bringing all of that. We know this from origins that because Julius Caesar is like obsessed with finding the tomb of Alexander the Great because he has a staff of Eden in there and they want to use it to open the seawall vault. But this ally actually manages to poison. Alexander the Great. Now we can see Alanti. She is one of the assassins featured in the uh, auditory family tomb. When you go to unlock Altair. Which are you know the assassins featured there are, are can't remember them all but of them are Dar- Darius who we talk about. just talked about. We have Alanti. We have Amunet. And we have the next one that we're going to talk about right after this. But again, like, we see this conflict rising up again. The Order of Ancients gets a powerful, charismatic leader that they're puppet and manipulating. And then this group comes up to say, nah, we're going to put an end to that. And so there's that. Um, I would explain, like, there's a lot here with kind of the bloodline and descendants of how this happens but I don't want to spoil too much for you in Odyssey.
1: That's fair. Um, we can revisit this at a later date yeah. if we need to.
0: Right. So the last thing that we want to talk about happens in the East because we spent a lot of time in the Middle East and with Greece and all of that. But there, there is stuff going on in the Far East and in Southeast Asia. And so in 227 BCE, one of the five great assassins, uh jing kei unsuccessfully attempted to assassinate an affiliate of the order of ancients king zhen of the uh qing state of china uh he would be later known as the first emperor of china Qing xing hong 17 years later uh king xing hong is killed by wei yu with a spear Uh, an act which caused Wei Yu to be revered by later assassins. And he is also one of the assassin seals that you find in AC2. Cool. And so I do think it's interesting, and maybe we can talk about that, like almost all of the assassins that are featured in the tomb, over half of them are proto-assassins. Amunet Mm -hmm. is really the first assassin, if we really want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So that's
0: really it of these ancient assassin wars because the next one that comes up is the stuff that happens in Origins and obviously that leads to the founding of the Hidden Ones so I consider that to be current timeline of Assassin Order. Uh, If you do want to know the events of that time, you can go to our uh, Aya Deep Dive or our Bayek Deep Dives where we talk about those events more in depth to learn about that. But That's really all we have. And so I do have some discussion questions that kind of have to do with all this, because we don't know a lot about this. And the first one is, would you want to experience these stories more in depth in some as a game or in some other medium?
1: I mean, I think my answer is for sure. Absolutely. But I would be hesitant um, about what, areas and which stories get highlighted in games just because I think there are are a lot of um, people that have not been highlighted in main games and so like for me I want to see areas that we haven't seen before I want to see stories from women assassins because we haven't really seen that many Um, and I don't just mean people that can be either male or female. I mean, just people who are female. Um, so I would love to see this story about Iltani. Like, that would be great. I would love to see that. Um, but I think that would make a really good book because that era is kind of one we've seen already before. Um, but really, I would absolutely love to go to China or Japan or Asia at all because there are a lot of ties um, to the Asian countries in Assassin's Creed. And so hopefully, um, I think the code name Red game is going to be an Asian game, um, which makes it really exciting for me. But I think that's definitely an area of stories that we need to pursue in Assassin's Creed. And for me, my personal, I know we haven't really talked about anything in this area, but the personal for me story I want to see highlighted the most is I would love to see something from India, like I love Indian food, very interested in the culture. Um, And so that just would be an area that I would love to see depicted.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I would also love some more like, like more like South African or Eastern African, because we have gotten West African with Egypt a little bit in there. Um, Mm hmm. But I do I would love to see that kind of style, like maybe going to Ethiopia or even, you know, South Africa, the country in general. I think that would be really awesome. Uh, I do think that China I do. We do have a China game coming. Uh, code name Jade is reported to be in China, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but this kind of gets into another discussion question that I have Uh Do you think the events of the Isu human war should remain in mystery and convoluted? Do you think it's more powerful? You know, we talk about in Dragon Age that, like, I don't want a game or a book that depicts Andraste's rebellion or explains the maker because it builds the world better for that to remain in in mystery. Do you think the Isu human war is in a similar boat?
1: This might be a hot take, but no, I don't care if it remains a mystery because we already know so much about the Isu. We know so much about their civilization. We know so much about individual Isu and their motivations and their goals that it doesn't, to me, they're not that mysterious. They were in, you know, um, Assassin's Creed 2 and even Brotherhood and Revelations, but At this point where we've had so much content about them, I don't necessarily find them mysterious anymore. I just feel like we've had so much content about them that I'm not really interested in exploring more of their stories. I want to know more about the Assassins and the Templars and their conflicts. Um, That's not to say that I hate the Isu content at all. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I don't really think they're mysterious, but I'm also like eh, sure, I'd read it if it came out in a book, but that's not something I'm begging for.
0: This is a discussion question I didn't write down, so I'm just kind of thinking, but another one I want to do is, like, we keep seeing these groups pop up, and this is kind of, like, these different groups existing as a later edition because, like, in one and two, they portrayed that, like, there's always been an assassin brotherhood and there's always been the Templar order, but I wonder if, like, Do you think it's better storytelling that, you know, all these groups exist in these, there's these different groups that are fighting for humanity's freedom. And then, you know, Baik and Aya found the hidden ones and they kind of like unify and the order of ancients adapts or whatever. Or would you, do you think it's better storytelling for it to be like, oh, like all of this links together in one long line of conflict?
1: I don't know. I mean, I just think it depends on how it's written, but I I guess I would probably lean more toward, you know, it it's hard for one group to stay established for that many years. I think it makes much more logical sense. Like, okay, we've had a few different groups and we've combined and now we're one and now we've kind of reestablished ourselves under the same goals. Like, I just think that makes more sense logistically for an institution.
0: I kind of do agree that. And then the last one is just like, how do we feel about the assassin Templar conflict being linked to these highly biblical stories of even Esther or even Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel?
1: I'm interested in hearing your answer on this one.
0: I think I do appreciate the kind of reinterpretation of the Adam and Eve story of like putting Eve kind of in this heroic spotlight when she so often is not. And the story of Eve, as you've said, has often been used to keep women in subservient roles in religious institutions. And I like that aspect of it. I really don't like asserting pieces of Eden into the story sometimes. Like, I feel like sometimes it takes away the lesson we're supposed to learn of the story like Cain kills Abel because he's jealous because he's getting the attention from God because he's the one who is being favored and so that jealousy creeps in and corrupts Cain to a point that he does kill Abel and i think i like to interpret the story of Cain and Abel that Cain like has this fit of rage and he does it and like it's not like a conscious premeditated thing but it's something that happens in the moment And I feel like the way they paint Cain is like paint Cain kills Abel for this apple and goes on. And like he did it all the time for the apple. I think that takes away Mm -hmm. from the lesson we're supposed to learn about how, you know, our own sin and judgment can corrupt us and do that.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with um, your opinion on this, but for me, at least the ones we've mentioned in this episode, um, these examples don't particularly bother me because I don't think that they're offensive and I don't think they hurt anyone um, in their representation and in what has been changed. But I would be wary of them using kind of the biblical narrative in the future in different ways. Like I would not want them to, touch anything at all with Jesus, because I just feel like that would be way too controversial. Um, But also I can see them taking a lot of other stories of the Bible that are maybe minor stories and making them, maybe making them to where they take something away from the community. Like, if Esther was portrayed as Xerxes's wife and like, maybe she had a piece of Eden that made him choose her to be his wife. Right. Like, I feel like that would be taking something away from that story. Um, and so I, I would not love that, but generally, especially when it comes to Christianity, which again is like the major dominant religion and has done a lot of damage in the world. I don't mind them using these stories as much as I think I would mind them using like minority religion stories. So I guess I just feel like Ubisoft needs to be really, really careful about how they use religions in their stories, because I think it can be done well. And I think it can be used in a way that's not offensive. But I think they need to be really, really careful about how and which religions they pick to do this Mm -hmm. with.
0: And they have kind of leaned away a little bit from like touching less like historical characters. So like they'll talk about, you know, like I love their portrayal of Alfred in Valhalla because like they portray him as this person who really was like gung ho about this Christian faith, even though he was grandmaster of the Order of Ancients and the Templar Order. And like that's who Alfred was historically like he was a very christian king and so i like that and that portrayal doesn't really bother me but i think it comes down to like there are established uh stuff in the lore that like jesus turns water into wine with a piece of eden or jesus used they use the shroud to heal jesus after the resurrection and i just think that that is dangerous of like change drastically changing the narrative of religion. And that's, I think with you, I agree. That's the kind of things I want them to stay away from.
1: Yeah. Like, I feel like if you're changing the whole reason that a religion exists, you should maybe not do that. Um, but if you are like using something minor that does not change the purpose or the reason why that religion was established, that's fine. Not a big deal.
0: Right. But yeah, that's all I really got for the discussion questions. Do you have any final thoughts about these little ancient? Again, they're very quick. Uh, We have very little about them. Um, The biggest one we know about is the Peloponnesian War. But that's because that's the events of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And so I wasn't going to go deep into that because you can play the game.
1: I uh, think it's interesting that like we didn't do know a lot about the Peloponnesian war from Odyssey. And then obviously we have this Isu war, but it, then it's like, well, then we get to um, origins, which is not an ancient war because like it's establishing the assassins. But I just have never thought about how close Odyssey and origins are in the timeline before now, like it's about 400 years or so. Um, And so to me, I'm like, I've never put that two and two together in that way. Um, they've just always seemed like, oh, well, they're they're a thousand years apart or whatever. Um, but that's not the case. They're a lot closer than they seem. And I feel like this episode has made them seem even closer in the timeline. Right. Um, cool. Well, as always, thank you for doing the research, Austin. And this was a great episode. Really interesting one with just... A lot of information I didn't know. So thanks for bringing um, all the information together.
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, Thanks for being on here to talk about it with me.
1: Yeah. And as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at aclorecast.
0: If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our CUPS Podcasting & More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description.
1: If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Warcast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light. Wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shenko,
0: And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between.
1: The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.